up with great skill from him to win the Mosala! Reeves Sterling! What a finish! What pure class from the Englishman! Premier Talk, the English Premier League podcast for the fans. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Premier Talk podcast. My name is Daniel Rabudo, one of your two hosts. Usually, I am met with Andrew Mello, my co-host, but today we have a very special guest for you guys, Anthony Filicetti. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, no worries, Daniel. Uh, it's big boots to fill for Andrew, so hopefully um, the fans enjoy my presence for now. We love it. We love this, this guy wearing his Arsenal hoodie. We're going to get right into it here. This one, episode 18, is titled, Does Arsenal Have What It Takes? Just kicking us off, we got our starting lineup. We're going to do our games of the week, as always. Got some big talking points. And then the third and final segment is going to be, Does Arsenal Have What It Takes? Let's kick us off. Games of the week, Saturday. This Saturday, March 12th, we got Manchester United versus Tottenham. This one finished 3-2. Ronaldo Hattrick in the game. I was absolutely flying. Ronaldo kicking off the game, 12th minute, scoring an absolute rocket from outside the box, blowing it right past Therese. Therese didn't even have a chance to touch that ball. Then you got say, Harry. Sorry. Go ahead. Cutting you off, or should I say he had no right to shoot from that distance, man? How old is he? 37, whatever. And it was it was dirty too. Like it was nasty. People were nuts. I love Twitter when, when Ronaldo scores bangers. It's the greatest <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, Ronaldo Twitter comes alive when he hits one of those, boy. <laughs> Harry Kane went on and equalized from the penalty spot. Typical Harry Kane fashion, made no mistake yeah. there. Ronaldo then scoring again, his second of, of three on this day. And it was a tap-in, you know. It's a nice assist from Typical Sancho Ronaldo. running down the wind. Typical Ronaldo. Yeah. What well, else do you expect? Nice little tap-in. You know what, yes. Sancho, talk about Sancho a bit. He's been, you know what, he's been improving him game by game by game so mm-hmm. it's good to see especially you know hopefully um what's the word validating his price tag kind of thing mm-hmm. so yeah when you're paying 80 mil for a man you're you're hoping that he's going to start producing for you and he's yeah. starting to he is he's finally hitting that Dortmund form i don't know if he's he's there yet because on Dortmund he was a demon but oh but maybe it's you know with greenwood gone definitely give him more of a chance to mm-hmm. get into the starting lineup and you know show what he has Mm-hmm. And and Rashford hasn't been good at all oh, since. Yeah, no. I think Rashford's still running off the Euros. It was a tough Euros for him, especially after what happened in the English side. Yeah. And then after that, he had to go through surgery because he decided to wait for surgery until after. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it has not been good since that Euro. No, but hey, Arsenal, we'll take him, you know, for some. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. We'll get into those bras later. <laughs> We got Maguire doing typical Maguire. He scored an own goal. It looked like it was going to be the last goal in the game because at this point it was 2-2. Both teams probably just going to sit back and take the points. But you got Ragnick. He was making some offensive substitutions and it paid off with another Ronaldo goal. (laughs) Of course, the Ronaldo show, man. But Harry Maguire, bro. I think uh, this summer he has to go. May, potentially he has to look somewhere else yeah but you guys won't make that money back i don't think what was mm-hmm. it 80 million 70 million 80, no he's not even worth i think he's, he's valued right now on the market at like 20 mil or something yeah so like at this point might as well just keep him for the whole contract and let him go for free or whatever oh, what keep a, him for the bench what a, what a brutal signing that was <laughs> and he's okay that's what i don't understand too i don't understand how he's still sitting at captain status in this club 
there's a lot of things that need to be fixed with the Man United team. You know, I think it's also the fans putting pressure on the board to make these big signings like Sancho, when I believe that even Sancho wasn't a signing that you guys needed at the time because mm-hmm. you guys had Rashford, Greenwood, and uh, Cavani doing everything. You, just, mm-hmm. you guys need a striker, and you guys got Ronaldo. So I thought that front three was just what you guys needed. But, you know, you guys are always wanting to get better players, but it doesn't really fit a system that potentially Ragnar is trying to implement into the squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People were saying he was going to come into with a 3-5-2, and he hasn't implemented that yet because I don't think we have the players to do so. Like, no, not even. Uh, who's your – Lindelof. But honestly, the way Lindelof was playing when I watched him, I think he's better than Maguire. He is way better than Maguire. That, right now, at least. So, yeah. But with Maguire, what, he's going to play the center, and then Lindelof and Varane, the two uh, side center backs. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. And who's going to be your wing backs? It's just a lot of stuff that needs yeah. to be done. A lot of players need to go this summer, and a lot of players need to be in so, yeah, something looking for Man United this summer, at least. Ronaldo's last goal was a header off a corner. I think it was Manchester United's first goal off a set piece in, like, 150 set pieces or something ridiculous. <laughs> it was a ridiculous stat. Like, no we way. do not score. It was bad. It was really bad. Wow, I didn't um, even know that. There you go. And then, yeah, because there was the Varane header a couple weeks ago that got called back. There was a Maguire header. I don't even think that was in the league. Mm, okay, I think it might have been the league cup, and yeah, it was. It was. We had a really bad stack going for us, and that's finally done. Thank God. And uh, with Ronaldo's second goal, he broke Yosef uh, Baikan's record of the most goals ever in football history. Ronaldo currently sits at eight hundred and seven, and obviously there's a controversy with Pele and how many goals he actually scored. But FIFA has him sitting way under eight hundred and seven. So we're gonna go with Ronaldo is the most prolific goal scorer in the history of the game which is just a nuts accomplishment. Yeah. Pele was playing against like plumbers <laughs> and who knows, like Cosmos and stuff like that. Like I think it's nobody's Ronaldo, you know, that is he's so old that he's in the Premier League smashing it, mm-hmm. double digit goal tally. So yeah. hey, aging like fine wine, we can say. Yeah. Moving on after that Manchester United dub, we got Crystal Palace and Manchester City. We went from one Manchester team to the other and it wasn't the exact same result. And it wasn't the result that City had hoped for. They tied this one, drew this one, nil-nil. And realistically, this game could have been like 9-0. They had chance after chance after chance after chance. They couldn't finish. They had a post from Cancelo, which was an absolute rocket, by the way, (laughs) like 40 yards out. De Bruyne hit the post. Mares had like four chances to score. He was robbed a few times. And look, the Palace keeper came up well. It was Vieira's masterclass. He sure. decided to sit back and absorb pressure, and that's exactly what they did. But hey, this result is what the league needs, man, to keep this uh, title race alive for mm-hmm. Liverpool. And hey, maybe we could see Liverpool winning the league, maybe doing the double in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. But I'd see maybe Manchester pushing more for the Champions League this year. But I, I don't think Pep would mind taking the CL and the um, uh, pardon me, Premier League. So, But touching on Vieira a bit, you know, I think he's a very well-respected man as his career as a footballer, but mm-hmm. also as a coach, you know, he's taken his side to something that I didn't expect. And with players like Connor Gallagher, man, oh, that guy's so he's good. Class. He's going to be world-class one day. Hopefully there's mm-hmm. no injuries, but I take him at the arse, man. I think we need a player like him to really take our midfield to the next level with Jacka. I don't, we don't really need Jacka anymore per se, as mm-hmm. he, you know, little bit of a hothead he's a little bit hothead yeah oh yeah but Connor Gallagher man that guy can run for days so Mm -hmm. 
we need an engine like that. And he's like, well, he's on loan from Chelsea right now. Yeah. So he'll probably be going back there, especially the state that Chelsea's in right now, not being able to sign anybody, not being able to yeah. sell anybody. They're going to have to rely on their loans. So mm-hmm. he'll probably yeah. be back there. And... Him and Broha. I wouldn't mind a Broha at the Arsenal too. <laughs> it's Southampton. But... I feel like there's a lot of people at the Arsenal. Oh, that you wouldn't, uh, of course. <laughs> but these Chelsea youngsters, man, they have a crazy academy and they mm-hmm. continue to improve or prove themselves in the Premier League, which is even better because when we... We've seen Tammy Abraham struggle when he went to, when he was at Swansea, but seeing Conor Gallagher and Broha really, you know, showing themselves making breakout years, mm-hmm. especially at their young age, it's good to see. What about Billy Gil- Gilmore? Bobby Gilmore? Yeah, Billy, Gilmore. Billy, Billy. He's he's Bournemouth now, I believe, and he has that side going. Norwich. Na- Norwich. No. Oh, yeah. who's the who's this who's the city uh, Chelsea Loney that's at Bournemouth and he's going like absolutely ridiculous. Oh, he's doing ridiculous. I have no clue. I forget what his name is. Oh, anyways, he's going nuts. Hey man, Chelsea, if they have this for who knows how long, but you know, talking about Chelsea, this takeover, I've heard that the Saudis might take over and that's Mm -hmm. something I don't want to see because turning into another Newcastle. Oh yeah. The oil money is just not good. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, oh, I hate it, dude. Because now we got what city, Newcastle and Chelsea and Chelsea potentially, potentially with oil money being filtered through to their clubs like oh my gosh the Premier League is pretty much the um, the Super League yeah basically yeah basically no. top three would be secured Newcastle give them three years four years they'll be I, there. I can't lie to you I love the way that this Newcastle side has been playing and like it's finally starting to show that their money's coming in and it's actually oh, yeah. doing something when you got Chris Wood up top man just bullying defenders what are you gonna do, man? You got <laughs> Maxime just five star skills, FIFA shooting it up. Like what the heck? FIFA shooting. <laughs> so anyways, we'll City couldn't get the result here that they no. would have wished for. And now this title race is bust back. wide open. It's back. I, which I I'm gonna be the first one to admit, like probably like eh, before international break for the first one, when City was up like 12 points. Yeah, definitely. I was the first one to say this title race is finished. Yeah. I said, there's no way Liverpool pull this back because I can't see City dropping that many points. And guess what? They have. And Liverpool has continued to win. And they're one win away from making this title race one point, and they have a game in hand. So yeah. today they play Arsenal, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But if they can go on to beat that Arsenal side, they will be one point back, same amount of games as City. And that title race is going to be nuts the last, I think, like 10 games of the season. Oh, it's yeah. Ridiculous. That was the end of our games of the week. There is one more game to talk about before we're going to get on to it right at the end of the episode. Our next segment, we got some big talking points. There was lots to talk about this week. I've narrowed it down to three major talking points. Anthony Filicetti, first big talking point. First question for you. Should the Brighton keeper, Robert Sanchez, have been sent off for this awful foul on Luis Diaz, even though Luis Diaz did score? For those of you who were not watching this Liverpool game, Luis Diaz got a nice little chip through ball from Matip. He went on and like tapped it past the breading keeper, Robert Sanchez. But Robert Sanchez, like leg out, basically shin, knee area, just like pounded him into the ground. It was ridiculous. And I want to know how you feel about this because I don't think, I think he should have been sent off. I think it was very, oh, 100% should have been sent off. If Luis Diaz missed that goal, he would have been the goalie would have, or Robert Sanchez would have been sent off immediately. No discussions. 
no VAR, nothing. I, mm-hmm. But since he scored, I think, you know, the ref just kind of allowed it, you know. Did the goalie even get a red, yellow card? No. Yeah, Jesus. That's shocking. But, hey, the Premier League refs are terrible. They've always had a record of being terrible, especially mm-hmm. if you watch Arsenal games. <laughs> and a lot of talk about that. But... Have you watched any, any United games <laughs> in the recent days? <laughs> Oh, but God. yeah, 100% should have been sent off. But what are you gonna do? I don't understand how this is a missed call. I I do agree with you in, in, when when you said how if he doesn't score, he gets sent off easily. But I don't think that should dictate somebody yeah. being sent off due to an also an awful foul like this. Like this foul mm-hmm. was horrendous. It was bad. Like it was even at the level of like when was it? When Ederson came out flying, oh studs yeah, up. killed Matt, uh, killed Mane, dude. Like that's <laughs> yeah. honestly, it pretty much was that. Yeah, it was bad. Like this was really bad. Um, and it was crazy and, that VAR didn't even step in. Oh uh, yeah, Nothing. that and VAR has been so inconsistent for me this year. It's been oh, bad, like terrible. It's been one of the only leagues where it's been inconsistent because if you go watch like the Bundesliga or you go watch other leagues where it's implemented, like it's pretty spot on. Like they don't really screw up many things, and if they do, it's like okay, one penalty maybe was a little bit soft, but they still give it, or or maybe it was a little bit harsh for you not to be giving a handball in some areas. But, like, this is just, like, so inconsistent. It's it's to the point where it's getting ridiculous. And there's but been people all over about, socials talking about it's ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to talk about clear and, consist, uh, clear and obvious fouls right there, that's a clear and obvious red card, so. <laughs> Literally, that's why they were implemented. Anyways, next big talking point, you got this Leeds-Norwich game. <laughs> they were going back and forth and added time with McLean scoring. McLean, McLean, I butcher people's names. It's fine. <laughs> he scored the tie for Norwich in the 91st minute. They thought they were finally going to get a point sitting in 20th. But Gelhart, he went in the 94th, winning it for Leeds after a masterclass from Rafinha, thinking oh. it over the goalie, running down the line, crossing it back. It was nuts. All he had to do was tap it in, and he got all the credit for it. But yeah. this game in, in at a time was just ridiculous. It was nuts. Yeah, that was a relegation battle game right there. That was like <laughs> two teams, you know, they knew that they needed these points if they wanted mm-hmm. to stay in the Premier League. And, man, when you got players like Rafinha on your team, there's always a moment of magic going to come. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rafinha makes it a big move this summer to a big, mm-hmm. massive club. To, to, to the Ars? Oh, not to the arse. We got Saka, baby. We got Jeez. Saka. We don't need no Rafinha, man. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I could see him going to who, Bayern kind of thing. But mm-hmm. he's been linked to Bayern. So, yeah. We'll well, Bayern have Nabry too. They have. I will take Nabry. We'll take Nabry. Yeah, you want him back now, eh? After you yeah. gave him up for nothing. We've, we've seen him take some photos with the Arsenal shirts on recently. So maybe that's a little bit of him, him hinting back to a. To a homecoming. We'll see. We'll soon find out. Yeah. And the third and final talking point. I know we've been discussing this over the last two weeks because it's been massive news. After we finished last episode, big more big news came out saying that Chelsea has now had their bank accounts and credit cards frozen as Roman Abramovich and the club continue to be frozen by the UK government. Everything has been shut down. They have no money to be spending. They can't go anywhere. They're stuck for international games with like a $20,000 budget. This club is looking like it's good. Like this has started their downfall. And I hope that it doesn't continue for very long because this Chelsea side might be done. We, we might not know this Chelsea side in a, in a few months, especially if uh, the summer transfer window comes 
and players start wanting out because they don't know how they're going to get paid. They don't know what their future holds. Managers might start wanting out. Tuchel might be gone. So this Chelsea squad can, you can see, you might be, we might be seeing drastic difference in this Chelsea squad over the next few months. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, Hey, I would not mind a Chelsea going under, take them back to <laughs> tier 16 in New England. I don't care. Less competition for Arsenal, less competition for Man United. Right. So, Hey, if they go under, not my problem, right? <laughs> You're but, praying but, on the downfall of oh, Chelsea. I am. Come on. Top four. We need top four. But um, like we were saying before, the Saudis might uh, be dabbling a bit with the Chelsea. So not good at all. But mm-hmm. we'll see, like you said. Um, this might, uh, might be the downfall. It might be the upcoming of something even bigger. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that is it for the big talking points. We are now going to move on to our third and final segment. And this one is sponsored by Anthony Felicetti. We got, does Arsenal have what it takes? Does Arsenal have what it takes to finish in that fourth spot and actually make a European competition that is not a conference league? We will oh, soon find out. <laughs> wow. Um, of course we do. I think that Arteta has shown again and again that um, he has his philosophy and players, if you don't follow that philosophy, then you're free to go. Like Aubameyang, you know, that was mm-hmm. a big statement by Arteta saying, hey, you know, if you don't want to, don't come to practice on time, then you can go and terminate his contract and the Barca. And you but know, realistically, I, with that Aubameyang thing, now it leaves you with no striker because I don't think Lacazette is your... Oh, Lacazette no. isn't, isn't your answer. For sure, no. But like like I said, you know, for the younger guys, seeing like, okay, like Saka, uh, Emma Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Odegaard, you, like, you see that and you're like, whoa, like if my gaffer is going to like, you know, get rid of our captain, our top goal scorer... Mm-hmm. because he's not following the rules then like you know i'm sure that's that they the have yes yeah, for, for sure and you know his, mm-hmm. his non-negotiables quote unquote yeah. so it's good that he stays consistent to those things and you can see now that the players are back they back him and you know um we're starting to play fluid you know arsenal football and it's good to see again after you know the two years that we've suffered with you know relegation um allegation not allegations but rumors or whatever you mm-hmm. want to say and i think um it's something that many united need to do too you know take a step back take these couple years to, you know just lose or whatever not be in europe and restructure the club and I, I, i'm gonna see ragnick is gonna you know hire the right coach to take this team or take united to the next level mm-hmm. just like how i think arsenal have laid the blueprint for many united Yep, I completely agree with that. I think that's it's not a bad statement. I want to talk quickly about their game against Leicester. I know Leicester hasn't been great this year, but they're still a top side in the Premier League, to be completely yeah. honest with themselves. You don't want to go in there counting them out. On Saturday, March 13th, is this weekend, Arsenal played Leicester. They won this one 2-0. Party kicking off his, his annual goal of the year. <laughs> he had a great header off a corner kick in the, in the 11th minute, and then Seven minutes later, I think he went and he rang one off the post crossbar, which was an absolute rocket. And then this call, I wasn't too sure about because I looked at it, went to VAR for a handball on Soyonchu. Um, the ball was bouncing around in the box, grazed off his hand. It was a little bit harsh for me. He did end up getting a yellow for it, but I think it was the right call in the end. I, I don't think that there was anything wrong with this yellow. Yeah, I think it was the right call as well. What are you going to do? At least VAR stepped in for this one and, you know, made the right decision. Mm-hmm. You got Arsenal, Arsenal, Lacazette. Jeez. 
Lacazette stepping up to the penalty spot. He makes no mistake, rifling it into the top corner. Um, I know I discussed this with you before the episode. I did not like his run-up simply because he be- he came so close to stopping, even to the point where Sch- Schmeichel got up livid. Yeah. He was saw- insistent that mm-hmm. the ref checked that or VAR checked that because he was really close to stopping in his run-up. And, uh, yeah, I didn't like it at all, to be completely honest with you. Hey man, if it gets us a goal, I'll take it all day. Top <laughs> bins too, man. No better, no better place to put it, man. Yeah. What a yeah, pen, but yeah, no controversy. But what are you gonna do? Sometimes you know you need some of that luck on your side to, to get those ones, man. Mm-hmm. And with the with those two goals, Arsenal defeated Leicester. Both Schmeichel and Ramsdale did have good games. They both made a lot of big saves throughout the game. Ramsdale had a really nice one, I believe, off of a, off a set piece, a free kick that came in, a header. Siancu, a header. Or yeah, somebody, he somebody robbed him. Um, Schmeichel made a bunch of great saves throughout the match. Like realistically, yeah. Arsenal was pressing a lot higher than Leicester was, so Schmeichel had a little bit more to do in this game. But the Ramsdale save came when it was only one nil for Arsenal. Yeah, so that's a massive. Sure. If that goes in, it's a massive turning point in the game. So Ramsdale needed to make that save, and he did. And could we see Ramsdale's got to be England's number one at the moment with the Everton? Moment, yes. With Everton, the way they're playing, and Pickford, you know, relegation goalie. <laughs> you know, I, people were slandering Rams over being, you know, two, two, uh, two teams, two relegations. I think we can say the same about Pickford almost mm-hmm. and the way his team has been playing. So maybe something to look out for in uh, England's next uh, international uh, call-ups. I think he is going to be the starting keeper for England. I don't really see anybody else that is coming close to him. I know they rely on Nick Pope a lot during qualifications and stuff like that because, like, he's pretty decent, but, like, he mm-hmm. hasn't been as good as he usually is. So, yeah, I don't think that anybody really contend, contends Ramsdale for this spot. But and we'll see. one thing I took out of this game, which I don't understand why Leicester continue to do this, is why does Pats and Daka always come off the bench and he doesn't start games? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, I really don't. He was a great signing. He showed in the squad why he deserves to be starting, and he still continuously doesn't. Yeah, and he did have some games where... Like that hat trick, like you know, he does yeah, show that he can. The four goals in in the uh, what is it? Was it the uh, Europa, Europa League, League? Or conference? yeah, or Conference League, or whatever. But like, yeah, he's shown that he is a can be the striker to replace Jamie Vardy once he is gone. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe um, Brendan Rodgers sees something else in training or something. I'm not sure. Philly, one question. I know you're probably going to answer this question how I'm expecting you to. Can this Arsenal side? maintain their form, finish in the fourth spot, and make Champions League? Because, I'm asking this question for one simple reason, Arsenal has a great history of blundering these type of moments. They do. Do you think this year is different, and do you think this year that they're finally going to make Champions League? Of course. I think we're going to get the top four. Even, I think we can push Chelsea and we can get the third place. Really? Yeah. But I think that the three games in hand, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Chelsea, those are the big three games that we need minimum six or four points out of to at mm-hmm. least, you know, be there um, to get the top four. But I don't see anybody else underneath us really taking advantage of games. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. very confident to say the least. But to say that, you know, next year when we do get Champions League, will we be able to have the squad to play Champions League and Premier League at the same time? Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. 
I don't think we have enough depth in the squad. Like Cedric Suarez is not good enough to, you know, <laughs> start Premier League games. Although he's been playing well in in replacing Tomiyasu for the moment, it's just not good enough. And I think this summer, if we do get Champions League, we need to sign some big time players to show intent that we want to challenge for the league, as well mm-hmm. as you know, round of sixteen Champions League. I'll take. You know, I don't want to go play in the Europa League after making the Champions League. It's just not something that I don't think Arteta wants. Or the players want, of course. So. Mm-hmm. But we'll see, right? I also really believe that Arsenal not playing. They're out of the. the they're out of the League Cup. No, they still. Yeah, they're out of the League Cup. They're out of the everything. league. They're out of everything. They don't yeah. have any European presence this year. I think that genuinely makes a team like this that doesn't have the best squad depth. It really helps them because they're not forcing players to take time off to go play Champions League and then. When you come back to the league, you have to be starting your second stringers. Yeah. They have one thing to focus on this year, and it's the league. And I think that's really helped them this year to try to maintain this fourth spot. And I think that also puts more pressure on Arteta in a way because, you know, we're not playing for anything but Champions League football at the moment. Mm -hmm. So if he doesn't get that, I think a lot of questions will be asked about Arteta's future. Maybe next year, if we don't get Champions League, I think that could be it for Arteta. Mm-hmm. potentially but yeah we'll soon find out where his future holds mm-hmm. your first major test comes today you guys get to play liverpool at home so have fun with that one i will definitely be watching and then i know you will too yeah. and it's going to be a good game because both teams are have been incredible i think both teams are 11 and 12 in the last 12 which mm-hmm. is nuts um it's gonna it's gonna be one to watch so definitely tune into that one it's be i believe that is it what, Two one to the arse. That's my prediction. Point to the arse. What do you got? Score predictions before before we end it off. I want I want to hear a score prediction. So, See if you heard, you heard it here first on on Premier Talk podcast. Oh yeah. Two one Arsenal. Um, Odegaard and Martinelli goals. Okay. Um, uh, I can't tell you how they're gonna score, but for... you, don't, you don't see into the future that well. No, I can't, man. I'm no. a little cloudy up here. But um, Liverpool's goal is gonna be Jota. I can tell you right now if Jota starts. He's going to give us problems, man. Mm-hmm. And, but I think our defense, you know, we're proving 12 clean sheets, man, for, you know, 50 million Ben White, you know, who's been, quote-unquote, overpriced and, you know, He's not as good as He's been decent lately. He's been decent lately. He has. And proving his price tag. So we'll see. But if we win this game, I think this is that's Champions League confirmed. Right here, Premier League talk exclusive. If we win today, Arsenal get Champions League. You heard it here first, lads. Yep. Anthony Filicetti, thank you so much for joining me on episode 18. Does Arsenal have what it takes? Make sure to check out all us out on our socials, our Instagram at Premier Talk Official. We're available everywhere you guys want to listen. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We appreciate it as always. Anthony Filicetti, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Hope I um, fill the boots of mellow a bit. <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll be proud. He oh, will be. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right, that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one, guys. See you later. Ciao, ciao.